Hello and welcome to this episode of the 5W's podcast. This is our second look at the new Disney Plus slash Lucasfilm series, Star Wars Visions. We're going to take a look at the last four episodes today. My name is AJ and I'm here with... So let's get started, whatever that was. Okay, we covered the five W's last time, so stuff it this time. Let's get straight into it. So episode six, T-O-B-1. It's a time after the Great Jedi Purge and a robot named T-O-B-1 lives on a deserted planet with his creator, Professor Mitaka. T-O-B-1 dreams of becoming a Jedi Knight. Well, don't we all, lol. <laughs> <laughs> One day, Mitaka tells him that, that to become a Jedi, he must find a kyber crystal so he can forge a lightsaber. I would love to see <clears throat> this idea explored in other TV shows and movies. I'm sure there's no doubt. I, I don't even think they would have had scope to explore this in freaking Clone Wars and Rebels and shit. Anyway, who knows? There was a deleted scene from the start of Return of the Jedi that showed, have you seen this one, that showed Luke putting his no. green lightsaber together and turning it on? Um, oh, is that where he then he puts it in the R2's head? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yep, so yep. it has been released as a deleted scene. Um, it's probably better that it was deleted. So it was more of a surprise when Luke first started uh, waving the blade around when trying to rescue Han and that sort of thing. I, I can see why it was cut because it was almost like a spoiler in the film. But all the same, I think we need more. The prequel trilogy would have been a great place to have more about lightsabers because I remember points in the bloody prequel trilogy where where there's one point i think anakin lost his lightsaber about three times in one movie and it's like what aren't these things special at all you know he dropped one <laughs> you know for no anyway i'm whinging but doesn't the color become from the the power of inside the person oh well the fans <laughs> say that's only with those advanced ones in that episode episode five but before that no whatever it's like yeah okay <laughs> T.O.B. One scours the planet but finds nothing. He defies Mataka's orders to never enter his basement, discovers a small shuttle, and accidentally sends a signal that alerts a Sith Inquisitor to their presence. Mitaka reveals himself to be an ex-Jedi and hides both T.O.B. One and his old lightsaber hilt. I, I noticed, uh, you know how you sent me that thing, uh, slightly off topic, I don't care, um, the newspaper <laughs> strips for the um, Star Wars comics? Oh, yes, yes. I'm sure I should have taken a screen, screen grab when I saw it. I'm sure I saw that exact same shuttle in one of those things <laughs> that he found in the basement. So just, it's like, okay, I know where they got that design from then. So, yeah. <laughs> but, okay. So an old Jedi with no arms. Things, things didn't go so well for him, it would seem. Would like to know more about the Sith Inquisitors, that was canon as well, but once again, I'm sure comic book fans and book fans and Clone Wars fans can tell me, but I don't care. Anyway. When T.O.B. One leaves his hiding spot, he discovers that the Inquisitor has ransacked Mitaka's lab and killed him. Shouldn't it have been when um, Sweet Tooth emerges from his hiding spot, he finds that... <laughs> it's a bit odd that Mitaka... He finds Mitaka buried under those pile of stones. I thought, what happened there? But... I guess that my theory is maybe the droids buried him. 
seriously, it's like, I don't think a, a Sith Inquisitor is going to take the time to kill somebody. Nah. Go, oh, better give him a proper burial. <laughs> yeah. So, so no, nah, I think the droids, yeah, I think the droids did it. Yeah, uh, and one, <laughs> once again, okay, all right. TOP1, now going by Toby, continues his research and successfully terraforms the planet, but is confronted by the Inquisitor. Toby discovers a kyber crystal in his own body, reforges Ms. Tarka's lightsaber, and kills the Inquisitor in a duel. I love the scenes where Toby talked to McTarka after he was dead, loved him taking on the Inquisitor and winning. It was all shot really well, done really well, mm. uh, all really good, you know, all around good. He then departs the planet to explore the galaxy and uphold Metarka's legacy. I had concerns that this episode was going to play it way too cutesy and that sort of thing, but I, I think they went the right direction with it. So TOB1, we find out, is Toby slash Tobio, which is the name of the human that Astro Boy was based on. So this ah. is Astro Boy 100%. The, yeah, the, the, the design not looks... Pinocchio? Not, well, well, Astro Boy is based on Pinocchio. So, I know. <laughs> I, that's how I sort of... I read it as Pinocchio yeah. when I... No, it wasn't, wasn't so much Pinocchio. It was actually this, yeah. more... It was more the Japanese just drawing on um, Osama Tezuka's um, Astro Boy um, sort of thing. So... That they the, the Japanese would consider it a tribute rather than just ripping off all that sort of thing. But as soon as I oh saw, yeah 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 as soon as I saw that name, I thought, hang on, I know where they got that from. Um, so essentially, this is very similar to the story to, of Astro Boy. I've got no problems with that. It's just you know by using the name, they actually acknowledged the source material rather than hiding from it, ripping it off, which was great. So overall, I I thought it was a good episode. What do you think? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. It, it... I, I mean, at first you were right. You're sort of going, oh no, this is going to be cutesy. Oh no, don't, don't do it. And then with what happens, like, well, okay, obviously, obviously it wasn't cutesy, but I love the painterly animated effects sort of in this. Yeah. That it just, it just had a bit more life to it than some of the other ones. Where I, 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 found, I, it, I found it a bit tougher to get into because to me uh, it was a little bit on the, and I'm not not saying it's a bad thing, but it was. A little bit on that was almost black and white in some parts you know what i mean it was, it was just such mm. not not much diversity in colors but it was just the way they're doing it i understand it was just the animation style i'm not yeah. the sort who criticizes something not realizing it's like it's actually just the way they do things mate but um yeah <laughs> it, it looked really good in that regard the inquisitor looked really good i think the inquisitor's been in some computer games in the past or a a, a seth inquisitor and all that sort of stuff but now I, I thought it was done really well I thought, you know, it, it, who would have thought, you know, just they explored so much of the Star Wars mythology in this show and they did a really good job of doing it. So, yeah, I was really impressed by this one. So let's move on to the next one. Episode 7, The, the Elder. Ah. Decades after the death of Darth Bane and the initial extinction of the Sith, Tajin and his Padawan, Dan, are sent to explore the Outer Rim where Tajin senses a disturbance in the force. Interesting dialogue between the characters at the start. They got a lot of exposition out of the way, but that was all right. That gives some interesting insights into the Jedis before they were wiped out. It's easy to see how they were very complacent about the Sith. And it's like, ah, oh, Sith, who worries? That was ages ago. Not a problem <laughs> anymore. All that sort of thing. And, and you know, th this is something that, you know, not many people do focus on. It's like, God, the, you know, the Sith, the, the Jedi almost had it coming in in um revenge of the sith because they were just like oh sith who cares who cares who cares until until like ramming a lightsaber through them and it's like oh sorry but anyway yeah 
They land on an isolated planet and arrive at a remote village where they learn of a mysterious elder man who hiked onto the mountaintop. Now, wouldn't it be a good idea for the two Jedi to stay together rather than, I'll stay yeah. here with the villagers. <laughs> you, you had them off at the pass. What could possibly go wrong? Whatever. It's, it's just, to me, it's just such a stereotypical sort of action sort of thing. You go by yourself. You'll be okay. And like, yeah, no, he's not. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Dan follows the Elder's trail and meets the man who reveals himself to be a former Sith who left the Order before it fell apart. The Elder wounds Dan and Tajin arrives to fight the Elder. Um, some nice fight scenes in this episode. Um, they are really the highlight of this short. There was yeah. one shot in there. I think it was only for one shot where they got their lightsabers out and it starts to rain and they animated the steam coming off the lightsabers. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that to me, they only did it for like one or two shots. It looked really good. And it, it just once again showed me, it's like, oh, how good would that be in live action if they could do that sort of thing, you know, have... You know, pissing down rain everywhere and steam coming off the blades and all that sort of stuff. It'll look so good, but maybe someday. Yeah. <laughs> Tajin narrowly manages to kill the elder who turns into a rocky sediment and destroys his ship before he dies. As they leave the village, Tajin tells Dan that being a Jedi means being kind hearted. So they don't end up like the elder. Yeah, a bit, bit more of that soppy sort of, oh, a Jedi is so good that he doesn't realise that people are out to get him sort of thing. <laughs> um, interesting, interesting discussion from the former Sith in regards to the normal Sith being too dedicated in outsmarting each other to be effective against, any, against anybody else. I, you haven't watched the prequels for a while, but in that they introduce for the Sith what they call the rule of two. There's only, only ever one master and one apprentice. And it's like, mm, mm. how the fuck are you going to build an army? To... Now, <laughs> and they do do it in Revenge of the Sith, but only because they got the freaking clone army working for them. But I don't know. It always just seems a bit of a silly rule. It's like there's only ever going to be two Sith at one time. It's like, fuck, man. I want, a, I want a big battle between Jedi and Sith with hundreds, you know, going against each other. <laughs> Overall, I thought it was a good effort. Uh, this, to me, really see, did seem like a scene cut out of a broader piece of work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It just looked like it was cut from a series and therefore it'd be interesting to see more of it, more before it, more after it, that sort of thing. I, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, yeah, you're right. It's, 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 to me, it's sort of like these are like setting up continuations, like maybe these things will get their own series spin-offs. Yeah. Instead yeah. of having another vision series, we'll get like, you know, T, uh, you know TB, Toby one and we'll get the, an elder well, I guess the elder got killed, didn't he? So, like, I don't know what we'd call it. Tarjan and Dan. Yeah. <laughs> fight, fight the universe together or something like that. But, yeah, like, yeah, you're right. It's sort of a lot of these sort of, uh, like, teasers into, like, continuing yeah. series. Yeah. But but this one in particular, it was, it was like I said, it, was, it must have, I don't know, to fucking fans, it must look like an episode of The Clone Wars or something like that. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, except it's Tajan and Dan instead of Anakin and um, Obi-Wan. I'm not, I'm not trying to be hypercritical here. I'm just, just making a point. So, all right. So let's move on to the next one. The second last episode, Lop and Oko, 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 Okanoko. Oh, I think it is, yeah. Pinocchio. Okay, anyway. <laughs> An escaped slave named Lop is discovered by clan leader Yasaburo and his daughter Oko, the latter who whom convinces the former to adopt her as his daughter. Seven years later, the Empire has occupied their planet and is exploiting it for its natural resources. 
Yasaburo wants to drive the empire off the planet, while Oko wants to cooperate with the empire. Um, a nice sort of like family divided story, and it's good that yeah. you know the the adopted child is the one who sides with the father, and and the father's actual child is the one who goes goes bad and all that sort of stuff. I thought it was a good depiction of what it must have been like um, for some planets and systems when the empire took an interest in their resources, because we don't get to see just the empire being bad like that very often. They, they rarely depict it. It's usually just the empire fighting the rebels sort of thing. It'd be good. Mm. If they showed more of this stuff. It's like, this is why the empire is bad. This is why we don't like the stormtroopers around. This is why we don't like the Imperials around. You just never get enough of a sense of that from any of the freaking movies, but that's just my opinion. After failing to convince Yabur- uh, after failing to convince Yasaburo to join her, Oko enlists in the Imperial Navy. Yasaburo passes down the family treasure, an ancient lightsaber given to their ancestors, to Lop, and departs to confront Oko. Oko blinds Yasaburo in a fight, but Lop arrives and injures Oko, who is forced to flee. And that was pretty much it for this episode. Once again, it felt very cut out of something else. Very, you know, there's a story that could go on here. I had to watch this one in English due to problems with subtitles on the Japanese version. I'll try yeah. to rectify that in the future. And I, I, I don't know how it would have worked in Japanese. I think it might have worked a bit better in Japanese. I like the Mon design for this episode. you know what a Mon is? No. That's the, that's the samurai symbol sort of thing that the okay. father was wearing. Uh, the Mon designer is really good. Go back, go back and have a look at the Mon when you get a chance. <laughs> this one felt very short. And there wasn't much to it. Um, and while I enjoyed the action in it, sometimes something just wasn't quite right with this one. It was really hard to define what. I think it was the fact that the adopted daughter was a furry. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I've seen a lot of butthurt um, Star Wars fans in regards to this one because, yeah, it's a rabbit it's a sort furry, of type character. But yeah. Yeah. It, it would have maybe worked better if they had all been furries or maybe not for the fans. <laughs> But, but you know what I mean? I was like, yeah. oh, we, 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 we've inherited Rabbit Girl. Let's adopt her. <laughs> that's, that's, I've got no problems with it. I've got no problems with the character. But just, just something about this just didn't gel quite as good as it should. Maybe, maybe, this is, maybe this is one of those few times when it's like, well, they actually didn't take, they, they, got, they had an alien that wasn't based on anything we've seen before. And maybe it would have benefited if she had been something we'd seen before. I know I'm always bitching about the fact that too many aliens just rem- resemble what we've seen in the movies already. You know what I mean? But maybe mm. this time she, she just looked out of place in the Star Wars universe, I think. And I'm, I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying it's different. And, you know, like I, I, I don't sympathise with them, but I can understand our fans would get butthurt about that sort of thing. Okay, so this one I haven't really, I'm not really stopping you because, once again, there wasn't a huge amount of story for this last one. So we'll just go through it. And um, I've just got a few things I want to say at the end. Okay, episode nine, Akakiri. A Jedi named Subaki, who has been suffering from visions of an unidentified individual dying in front of him, reunites with his old love, Missa, a princess who has been overthrown by her dark side wielding aunt, Masago. With the aid of the guides, Senshu and Kamahachi, Subaki and Missa make their way to the royal palace. Misago captures Subaki's friends and overpowers him, then attempts to convince him to join her as, he, as her apprentice. When Subaki refuses Misago's masked henchmen attack him, Subaki kills them, 
but also accidentally kills Missa dressed in their uniform, just as he had foreseen. Completely broken, Tsubaki agrees to join Masago and resurrects Missa and departs. So this is a very brief story for this one. And a few gaps in it need to be fill, filled, I felt, just things like I, I thought it was interesting that he came crashing out of the sky in a B-wing fighter of all things, which, oh, yeah. you know, which, which isn't a very common fighter to see in the Star Wars universe for obvious reasons. I think that I think they had trouble with the model, but <laughs> that sort of thing. I, I, re- I don't know. I'd have to look this one up. This, this to me seems like a very direct lift from a sort of traditional samurai sort of tale. To me, at least, that's how it seemed. I don't know. Nice usage of the force heal power, I thought. Um, they, this was the darkest story of the lot, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Because it had had a really downbeat negative ending, and, and none of the others really had that. But for this one, it was like, oh, my God, the bad guys have won. The Sith have won. Oh, no. So, <laughs> yeah, a large slab of storyline um, was directly borrowed from Lawrence of Arabia. So the part where they're all riding along those weird things and they they wake up in the morning one of the guys has disappeared you remember that part he's fallen off and he goes back to get him um that was in lawrence of arabia directly somebody fell off their camel while riding in the desert and Uh um, everybody everybody's looking it's like oh this is this is the person's destiny it it is written you know this is his fate just just leave him to his fate and lawrence of arabia is like no fuck you guys i'm gonna go rescue him and he goes and (laughs) rescues the guy brings him back later and then later on in the movie, the guy gets killed and somebody says, oh, it was written he was going to die anyway. And, and it was almost line for line like it was from this show. Now, I'm not begrudging them doing this because if you're going to steal, steal from the best. What the hell? So, <laughs> but, but for me, it was like, well, that's just blatantly Lawrence of Arabia sitting in the middle of this. Um, I had no problems with it. I wouldn't say this story is weak, but I'd say it's weaker compared to some of the other ones. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, just, just not as... I- fleshed out as the others yeah yeah i mean i did like the how it was visually drawn oh, visual as well effect. again yeah. Sort of thing. yeah 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 that was that was all good i wouldn't fault that yeah all right so okay let's proceed to the general notes i think it's been worth the wait for star wars visions yeah yeah absolutely yeah uh, yeah i yeah this it was great great i mean like i, I binged it yeah uh, it was it's it's very binge worthy yeah. um yeah it's like i mean i know as you and i've discussed and we've seen online there's a lot of butthurt star wars fans complaining about this and these are probably guys who love the bad batch and yeah, oh, yeah. clone wars and all that other yeah. lame oh, yeah, boring yeah. stuff yeah oh the bad batch was so awesome i like <sighs> such an episode and i'm just sitting here like why did you like that so much more than this oh, yeah. oh my god I watched most of it in Japanese while Mac watched it in English. We talked about that before. How do the English language voice cast sound overall? I, I, not, not to sort of sound like the, the dub loving pleb sort of thing, but I liked it. Um, a lot of names obviously were associated with it. Yeah, it, it was it was really well done. I mean, they did go, say, for example, with the last one, Arakiri, they did go with, a, I guess, a, a known uh, Asian actor, uh, Henry Goulding from um, Snake Eyes and uh, okay. Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, Jamie Chung uh, was Missa. Um, she was in, uh, um, well, just recently I saw her in uh, Mr. Corman, but uh, she was in, I think, um, one of the Sin City movies. Uh, George Takai was in it as, I guess, one of the uh, bumbling <laughs> uh, guides. 
So yeah, there's some names, you know, just for that last episode. Okay, I didn't know George Takai was in it. I just, I just sort, just found out then. (laughs) It looks to me, I, I don't know. I'm sitting there watching the watching it in Japanese, and I'm listening to voices, and and this happens all the time with 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 anime sort of stuff. You're just seeing it's like, hang on, I've heard that voice before. And it's like, no, I've heard that voice before too. Oh, I've heard that before. It's hard to tell because sometimes, you know, they're just banging on voices and that sort of thing. And sometimes they mm. sound similar to other people. Sometimes in other shows I have narrowed, you know, nailed down. It's like, well, this guy played this character in this show and he also played this character in this show. I'm sure that was going on in this one, but I have to sit there all day and research it. So I probably will at some point and, and just to see who did what. There's one in particular. And, and like I say, I, I couldn't even find out if the guy who did the voice of Boba Fett was the guy who voiced it in um, the Japanese version? Oh, the yeah, yeah. Didn't look like it. Didn't look like it was, which is a bit disappointing because it makes sense. And if they, I, I think they put more of an effort into the English language cast, just just getting more big name people in. Um, you know what I mean? I, I, th- I think I th- it's to get get round eyes to watch it. <laughs> yeah, well, to get round eyes, put a, to put, watch a, put it. a star with it. Put but, a star but, with it. Yeah, but but then but then you start whitewashing as well. <laughs> I know, I know. I and agree, it's a yeah. wonder that nobody has blown up. I haven't heard anybody explode about that because that's usually, but that, that's that's just the nature of dubbing anime into English. It always ends up being, you know, sorry, white people doing Asian voices and that sort of thing. Got to be politically correct here. Otherwise, we'll get into trouble. Um, yes. <laughs> all right. With this series, and I've got, I got no problems with this either, it was a huge focus on lightsabers and their construction. I think this reflects the importance of samurai swords in Japan and how they are made. And I think, yeah, you know, I, th- I think Star Wars from the start, from you know, from the first things, I think you know, the, the lightsaber was always more based on the samurai sword than anything else. Just, but just being oh, absolutely yeah, that's yeah. such an important weapon, and and it's just and and for for a good Jedi knight, the only weapon that they had to wield and that sort of thing. So. So I'm sure that I'd like to know if the Japanese were given instructions to focus on the lightsabers, but I'd like to think they didn't need to be given instructions on to focus on them and just just did so naturally. But that's why, you know, so many other, like I say, so many other anime shows I watch and that sort of thing, knives and swords, uh, even sometimes virtual lightsabers are common in things like Gundam and that sort of stuff. So it's just the way it goes. These episodes did a great job with their backstories. I thought you you didn't feel like you were dumped in too much of a lurch or anything like that. It was fairly easy to figure things out and what was going on and that sort of thing. And also where they, for most of them, you could see fairly easily where they fit into the broader Star Wars universe. Yeah. 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 Uh, for sure. For yeah. sure. This story, I thought, and I mentioned this before, this story uses a huge amount of Star Wars assets more frequently, uh, much more so than the Bad Batch, which is, whether it is loads of lightsaber action, the presence of Imperials and the Jedi. I think I did go through this. I'll do it here. The soundtrack sounds much more like Star Wars. The use of speeder bikes, cool droids important to the plot. I've got a bad feeling about this cropping up over and over again, which didn't sound yeah. forced. It actually sounded cool. Uh, yeah. Boba Fett being cool. These stories all go to the real heart of Star Wars like the Mandalorian did. but And like I said before, it'd be easier to take a lot of Star Wars out of the Bad Batch and just turn it into a very generic science fiction series. It's not very, something yeah. like the Bad Batch isn't very Star Warsy to me. It's just, I don't know, just the way it goes. Anyway. It's associated with it. That's that, that supposedly that makes it Star Wars. Like that. Yeah, you're oh, yeah. right. Yeah, it's, absolutely it's, right. it's got the name pasted on the front, copied and pasted on the front. But yeah, essentially that's it. They all look like pilots, uh, all the episodes. Most of them had storylines. Mm. That could be continued further. 
Um, was this an instruction to the Japanese? I reckon it might have been. You know, were these all backdoor pilots? Unlike something like Love, Death and Robots, where you had some stories in Love, Death and Robots you wouldn't mind seeing more of, but a, a lot of them were fairly self-contained. Mm. Much yeah, more self-contained yeah. than these shows, I thought, which, which is fine. I don't mind. And then there certainly has been talk of expanding from that, expanding, you know, maybe some of these things. So that'd be good. And I don't, do they announce the second season of this? I'm not sure. I haven't seen anything in regards to it. I fingers crossed. I, I'd love to see it another series sense. or, or we get a continuation or, of, yeah. of, you yeah. know, the next, you know, episode two of the, the duel or, you know, episode two of Tatooine Rhapsody. Yeah. That, you know, that sort of thing would be oh, awesome. Don't mention that to fans. Oh, they will go ballistic. Oh, fuck them. <laughs> no. Yeah, I want a soundtrack. I want a full soundtrack <laughs> for it. And I want it blasted at the next Star Wars get together or whatever, you know, whatever the Star Wars festival, whatever it is. <laughs> Gonk Droid appeared at least twice. I don't think. I don't think we heard him at all, but he appeared at least twice. So that's good. Pick one main one and one secondary one that you think would be most worthy for this to be made into a series. Oh. I think the Ninth Jedi one for sure would, would go well into a series. Yeah, yeah. What Any other one you'd pick? I, I want the duel. I, I just love that sort of lone wolf and cub, even though the cub yeah. is an R2 unit. I just want to know why he's collecting kyber crystals. Is he a Sith? Is he, is he like the Elder? And, and he sort of broke off from, even though he's still yeah. sort of Sith, but he's, he broke off from that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I think that, I mean, but as I said, I think the duel is my favourite. You know, yeah. it just jaw-dropping when i you know yeah first episode was like oh um but yeah definitely the ninth jedi that that's that's got definitely series written jedi. all over it yeah if, if i had a secondary one i'd the duel the duel would be good but i would also love to see more of the twins um that's the twins, that's, yeah that's that's what i mean like, I, that's what yeah. you're making it hard to pick, pick a secondary <laughs> one <laughs> Because I also want to, I wouldn't mind seeing one of Toby. I want to see Toby's Avengers. I know, I know. That, that's the thing. It's, <laughs> it's just that sort of stuff. And oh, maybe some people do some fan fiction. No, but you <laughs> <laughs> could probably do a good manga style comic book of this sort of stuff as well. So mm. continue on in that way, whatever. Just it'd just be really interesting to see. Um, a lot of fans won't like this series of in general. Uh, like I said, I've already seen whining on Facebook. They probably prefer the Bad Batch as we reserve vomit. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I liked how it drew, drew on elements of pretty much all of the Star Wars films, apart from the holiday special. Well, there is some singing, but <laughs> oh, and Boba Fett animated. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, even though I'm sure these stories are technically non-canon, I love how they visited so many different time frames within the actual story even going well beyond the rise of Skywalker. So I, I don't know. I assume there's probably some fiction that's gone beyond that, but it's still just see it, good seeing it on the big screen. Well, not on big screen, just on the screen and that sort of stuff. Mm. Some stories are better than others, but overall I'm giving this five out of five. Uh, primarily yeah. because it was new and interesting content. And I think it pointed a way that Star Wars could head as a franchise. Great that they did not depend too much on already established characters. What do you think? Yeah, I'll, I'll just how you've said it. I'll give it a five out of five, especially as as you said, like you know, come on, this crap's on the bad batch, and and it's yeah. just it, it's it's made up for me. It's made up having to. I'm not saying having to watch the bad batch, but like you know, the, the, the disappointment that you and I have got out of watching the bad yeah. batch, 
as from a Star Wars fan's point of view, and then like to get this, and it's just like, yep, bring it on. I want more of this. This is the way the animation should be going. I don't care about seeing the Bad Batch. Like, put all the money into, into, into you know, having. I, I, I want to say this is canon. Like, stuff the fans. Yeah. Oh, I know, I know. It, it's that sort of thing. But, but like I say, just the fact if you made it canon, and you just pointed a way in which. Oh my god! It, it it seems to me the the way a lot of Star Wars is going at the moment, it seems like the snake eating its own tail. They they just seem to be recycling stuff that's already been we already know about and that sort of stuff. It's like we don't need another series set in the era of the Bad Batch and that sort of thing. We don't need to know more no. about the early days before uh, before New Hope and all that sort of stuff. Especially the way they were playing it. If they'd have played it differently and made it interesting, sure. But to me, it was boring as batshit. And these shows were fresh. I think they invigorate the franchise. They just show that, well, you know, you don't have to necessarily continue an anime style, just continue in a style where things do look and sound fresh and new and are interesting and get into the lore, L-O-R-E, of the series of the lightsabers and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Um, I mean, I as I said, I want to call this canon because obviously Taika's movies are, are not going to, you know, be based on, on, the, new, on the Skywalker uh, no, no, uh, I guess yeah. story, and neither's um, Ryan Johnson. Is it Ryan? Sorry, Ryan Johnson's yeah, movies. Right. I assume aren't going to be based on the Skywalker exactly. yeah. sagas. So, yeah. you know, stuff it. All this to me, it's it's canon. It's just it's Star Wars. It's not doesn't everything doesn't have to be you know Skywalker yeah. saga. It's it's like the Mandalorian. Yeah, it's taking yeah. some elements, and yes, we saw Luke pop up, but yeah, you know that that's. That's that's not Skywalker timeline sort no, of thing. It's it, just it, it's, it's not just a slave. It's not a, an offshoot that timeline. It's not a slave no. that timeline. It was going out and doing its own new thing. While it still has to fit in the yep. canon that it's set between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens, they still you're still hmm. sitting there going, "This is freaking boring." Because I know what's going to happen. You know, just the second they introduce Grogu, and it's like, "Well, this is going to be different." You know. Yeah. And so. I think there's a lot of scope for that. And the yep. Mandalorian is pretty much, I don't want to say it's a, 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 a let's just say it's an homage yeah. to Lone Wolf and Cub. Lone Wolf and Cub is anime yeah. slash manga. So fuck you, people who did not yeah. like this. Yeah, well, Star Wars <laughs> A New Hope was largely based on... Uh, oh, true, that too, yes. yes. Movie, the Seven Samurai, yeah. Yeah, no, uh, The Fortress it was. Um, and Sorry. It's yeah. like, and, and yeah, there was Seven Samurai elements and all that sort of stuff as well. And like I say, for anybody now who wants to sh try and shun, you know, the Japanese influence on Star Wars as a whole, it's like, seriously, they can get fucked. They don't know what they're oh, talking about. Absolutely. It's absolutely. Like, it's like, just wake up and just be a bit more accepting and just be a bit more tolerant and open your friggin' eyes and know it doesn't have to be about the same 10 characters or freaking about... People love clone troopers like they're fucking teddy bears or something. Mm. Oh, the oh, clone God. troopers are so cool. Because that's all Clone Wars and Rebels was, I think. So they're just used to that sort of shite. So I don't know. Yep. I, I think, like I say, this sort of thing points <laughs> a different way forward with a lot of potential. And just fingers crossed we get more of it in the future. Because I, I like I say, I think in some ways, I, the way the Star Wars franchise is going, I, I think a lot of fans... You know, are just getting really possessive of the crappy elements of it to the point where, mm -hmm. yeah, like I say, I put up something that doesn't like the bad batch, and oh my god, the hate that flies my direction. It's like, come on, I'm allowed to criticize. <laughs> oh no, mm. no, you're not allowed to criticize. I've been banned from the non-toxic Star Wars fan page. I don't know what. I oh, dear. 
But I, I just noticed all of a sudden it's disappeared completely. It's like, oh, they shut me down. So, <laughs> yeah, oh, whatever. So, yeah. All right. Go and check it out. Go yeah, check go it see it. Out. Watch yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. You can You'll love it. it. You will love it. Yeah. Watch, watch it all. Watch it all in order. Best way to do it. Knock it over in an afternoon or something like that. You can spread it out if you want. It's okay. Do it. Do whatever you want. But just definitely be brave. Go out and watch it. Ignore the haters who are saying this is no good. It's one of the better things that Star Wars has done. It's probably it's the best thing to hit Star Wars since The Mandalorian. That was a few years ago. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay, cool. I agree. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> thanks. For, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll catch you later. Bye. Okay. <clears throat> ah! 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 <clears throat> oh, fuck my voice up now. Uh- <laughs> <laughs>
All right. So did I tell you that other podcast I'm planning? I'm doing, I'm going to do one. It's going to be, um, what am I going to call it? Five reasons why the prequel trilogy sucked and you're an idiot if you like it. Oh. I'm going to do that as a podcast. <laughs> I'll probably have to take out the, the idiot if you like it on the official title, but we'll certainly say it in the podcast. And it's just because I'm just sick of all these fucking sycophants of the fucking prequels. Oh, they're so good. And, uh, 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 I just want us to nail our fucking colors to the post and say, fuck you guys. This is why they suck. So, yeah. So I'm going to do that. Um, 